We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we've got some breaking news for you on the football front, uh, not the golf front. we got plenty to talk about on the golf side as well. We're going to get Mitch's uh, feels on the Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed T-gate. We're going to talk about Patrick Reed and the Dubai Championship with some more questionable decision-making. We're going to talk about Max Homa's great win and, and the great weekend that was at the Farmers Insurance Open. And we're going to discuss going to a little Arizona next week. It is cold as fuck here, and I cannot wait to see a goddamn palm tree. And this is all brought to you by our great friends over at Pins and Aces. Make sure to use our code BDE at pinsandaces.com. It saves you 15% off plus free shipping. I'm wearing my BDE or my uh, Pins and Aces Joker hat right now. I love wearing it to Nuggets games. People always ask me where I got it um, because it's their hat, but it also represents uh, Denver's best athlete, the Joker. So I always wear that to Nuggets games. They've got great stuff, not only for the golf course, but great casual stuff too, the most comfortable hoodies. And they've got, of course, the beer sleeve and the liquor stick, which is great for any occasion if you like to drink liquor like us. So um, make sure to check out pinsandaces.com. Use promo code BDE. That saves you 15% off and gets you free shipping on your entire order. All right, let's tee it up. And hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Screen mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Bro, do you know what's crazy? Hmm. Is that I, I heard a theory that palm trees don't actually exist in the desert. They just brought them, they just planted them like in the desert to make it feel tropical. Really? Yeah, so like palm trees are not native to like Arizona or like the California desert. I think they can survive. They just don't. They're just not. They just don't grow there, though. What kind of conspiracy theory shit do you listen to? That isn't a conspiracy theory. I think that's real shit. I could be totally off base, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Like you're walking in the. Think about like before homes and or anything existed. You don't walk in the middle of the fucking desert and all of a sudden there's a palm tree sitting there. True. True. You think about little, that. A little coconut on it. Yeah, that doesn't fucking exist, dog. <laughs> well, as you all can tell, uh, we're not going to cut that. I'm not going to cut that. Big Drive Mitch is back. 
uh, back in the house. So not really in the house. He's uh, currently across the entire country, but coming back to me this weekend so he can make this fucking trek down. Dude, I was thinking about this. We're we driving. Should, like, <laughs> we should like record the 12 hour drive. Do you, can you imagine the shit people would hear? Like we, we probably could never be on the internet again. We'd be canceled. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we say anything that cancelable, but you and I just have that we we have such a specific language, like some of the shit we say is only stuff that you and I know that everybody else is like, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Like we have our own like the movie quotes, like the just everything random shit that we say. I think everybody would just get caught off guard, but maybe we do like an hourly update. On and posted on Twitter, like with a video. Oh, okay. I like that. Every couple hours, do an update. Um, if we're, I mean, it's a fucking 12 hour drive. Like, my knees are going to be fucking stiff. I'm going to be in the seated position. Like, the la- I remember the last time I drove to Arizona or drove home from Arizona, I always drive with like my knee kind of like tucked up. Like, I don't, my left knee, not my right knee. Um, but my left leg, I kind of like push up against the seat and kind of like tuck it up under. I don't like extend it. And I got out of the car and my left knee was like stuck in that position. And I was fucking, I was injured for like two weeks because of it. So, um, physical, like my, my body's already questionable to begin with, like just on a day-to-day basis, what's going to hurt and what's not, um, just Joel Embiid always on the injury report level. Yeah, I'm day to day at all times. So <laughs> there's there's never a day I'm like, oh, I'm fucking a hundred percent. So that that twelve hour drive down is gonna do wonders for my back and everything that ails me. It's gonna be really fucking good. I I might be like laying in the bed of the truck for the last few hours just to fucking get horizontal. <laughs> just get a little horizontal. I yeah. love it. Well. We've got some things to talk about today in the world of golf. Uh, Of course, we are going to be the first ones to break the Sean Payton news. By the time you listen to this podcast and it's produced my wonderful editing skills, uh, you it'll be old news here in a couple hours. But next week, (laughs) just want to say that we'll be in Arizona by the time this fucking podcast comes out. Super Bowl be over. (laughs) Um, but. No, with the uh, Sean Payton to the Broncos news first, just give me your first thought. Um, it just further like I, I you, you and I are, are very dedicated Broncos fans. Um, like we both have Broncos tattoos. So that if that gives and I, that is like the only tattoo I have. I mean, it's got some stuff around it, but I'm not a huge tattoo guy. And we have Broncos tattoos. We are getting avalanche tattoos soon. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, where I'm going to go with that, but, uh, anywho, the, uh, I'm a very dedicated Broncos fan and I, I am not like jumping shit. I, I would never jump shit by any means, but there's definitely years where you're more emotionally, um, like I, I have to personally give myself space emotionally. I know how fucking stupid that sounds, but like I can't be that emotionally invested because uh, it, I, it just fucks like it hurts too bad because that's how much I care. So these last few years, like this last year, I was very emotionally invested and it hurt like a motherfucker. Like I felt like we were in a fever dream the entire season where like we're watching us like I thought it was fake. Our offense couldn't score for fuck like everybody's hurt. The the we can't use our timeouts properly. Like, so number one, I mean, obviously Sean Payton's a great offensive mind, which is huge. Um, and, and we'll see how him and Russell Wilson work together. Cause I have a feeling and obviously who the fuck knows what it's going to look like, but if we still struggle offensively, then Russell Wilson's going to have zero outs and it's basically going to be him out the door. You know, this, Sean Payton is not uh, Nathaniel Hackett by any means. So I think it kind of, it obviously solidifies us at, at head coach, which is good for a, a franchise, but I think it just puts pressure on everybody. Like this ownership is not fucking around. They're willing, who knows what they're, he probably is going to own an entire region of Walmarts by the end of this contract. 
Um, but they they'll do anything to be good. And and that's fucking scary because it's it's awesome. But then when you're not good, it's scary for everybody involved, you know. So uh, I, I am going to now emotionally invest myself into the Broncos again next season. And if I get hurt, um, it's going to be like the, you know, the significant other that treats you like shit and you keep going back to him. Like you got to learn eventually that you, you got to walk away at least a little bit emotionally. So a lot is riding on this next season fucking to make a short story long. A lot is riding on this next season for my fandom for how serious I take this team for the next five to 10 years. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And my biggest takeaway is we don't, as we knew last year, we got a hall of fame level quarterback and he played like shit. We've got a pretty much borderline hall of fame level coach and he could coach like shit. The one thing we do know is that the, the, there won't be any questionable, I mean, he, he knows how to manage the clock, little things like that. Like we don't have to worry about that, which is nice. We don't have to worry about wondering if he knows what he's doing. We know he knows what he's doing. He doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee success in the future, but we know that he is ready for this moment. He's not going to be, you know, like Vic Fangio and, and Nate Hackett, both were just not ready for the moment. Vance, to be head Vance coach. Joseph. Yeah, three three in a row now of guys that just were not ready for the moment. And we could tell yeah. that. this oh, guy yeah. is ready for the moment. But my biggest takeaway of this is the Broncos as a franchise, no matter how many times they get kicked down, they fucking are like Thanos where they just come back and they're still one of the most highly regarded franchises in the entire NFL. And it's not even close. It, it, they knew the whole time that they had Sean Payton on lock, that it was either Payton or Harbaugh. They weren't going to sign another first-time coach. Like, the Broncos have gone through quarterbacks, quarterback changes, and still won Super Bowls. They've gone through coach changes and still won Super Bowls. Now they're going through an ownership change, and if they win another Super Bowl, it'll be the same story. I just love the fact that, you know, they're not the Patriots. Let's not, they're not there. But there's that second level of teams that are just, always like regarded in high level by NFL people and yeah, the Broncos like the will Steelers, always be one of the Steelers, the, the, the Cowboys, as much as, as shitty as that sounds. I was going to say the Cowboys have lost that regard for me, me personally. I don't know how you feel about it, but well, yeah, but I don't consider myself an NFL person is what I mean is like people that can or will get jobs in professional football. Look at the Broncos and are like, that's, a highly regarded organization that it demands excellence. You're never going to yeah. say that about the Cleveland Browns or the fucking Detroit Lions. You know, the teams, the Broncos are an upper echelon team. They've won the third most, tied for the third most Super Bowls of all time. They, they're just a team that people, they they could be America's team, really. They, they're a team that kind of in the middle of the country, everybody, you know, they got a huge fan base. Now you got the richest owners in sport in the NFL, they just come back swinging. So I'm, I'm hyped. Doesn't uh, care. I think this is cool because now we've seen what Russell thought we thought Russell was to what he was in the actual season. So we're, we're going to get excited about the Peyton thing, but we're all going to still play the wait and see in a little bit of our minds where we're like, ah, oh, well he let's, let's wait and see what happens. And it's ultimately on Russell. He's, he's the bigger piece of the puzzle. If your quarterback plays well, you can be a good team, but it, I think there's a little bit of, there's a ton of excitement, but not as much as the Russell Wilson thing where he originally thought he was just going to bring us in and be win 12 games. I listened to our pod about the Super Bowl predictions and you thought, you know, you said, well, we're going to win 10, 11, maybe 12 games and be in the AFC championship. Now you weren't the only one that was wrong about that. And everybody's wrong at some point, but this is more of a move. It's like, okay, now there's really no questions. There's no, the the, the ball has to bounce the right way every year. That's how it goes for every NFL team. Like everybody thought the bills were the best team in football. They didn't even make the division. They didn't even make the AFC championship. So the ball has to bounce the right way for this team to start talking about Super Bowl. but there won't be a level of question and incompetence from above the coach, above the players level. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I don't know if you remember, if it was originally when we started, no, nah, it was even before we had our, our podcast, um, 
the pod bros back way back in the day. But I remember talking to you about like, and just sports fans in general, what you'd be willing to give up for a championship. Like how many years of your team sucking would you give up if your team won a championship? And I think I said like, you get a pass for five years. So, and we actually have gone, like, I never expected the Broncos to get as bad and, and really like it, it's crazy, but you see what the franchise has gone through from the top down with the ownership being in question and, and that all being in limbo and, and fucking Pat Bowen's kids being incompetent and crazy and spoiled billionaire kids. Um, but it shows you like really from the top down what that can do to a franchise, you know, when, when it's in fucking disarray at the very top, it kind of trickles all the way down. So um, it seems like, like you said, ownership is very solidified now. Um, some of the wealthiest people in the world, which is insane. Um, and now that the coaching is solidified, Sean Payton's a, a future hall of fame coach. Um, there's really, there can't be questions. And it's actually funny when you said that I predicted the Broncos going to the AFC championship. Um, my girlfriend literally like after I told her we were, she's a big football fan, but now she literally discredits every sports take I have with that comment. She's like, you said the Broncos were going to the AFC championship. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking count. Like I'm a Homer. And she calls, she even calls me a Homer, which is hilarious too. Um, but I think uh, I think they're in a very, very good position. And it's it's just an expectation thing that really scares me after the last six or was it seven seasons of the Broncos just completely sucking hind tit um, that uh, I'm very scared to expect, especially because last year I was like, oh, it's a for sure thing like Russell Wilson. Nobody ever in a million years would guess that his play would decline like that. I, I don't know if we've ever seen that before in the NFL. So uh, I'm just hoping that Sean Payne can come in, get that shit sorted out. And maybe this time next year, we're talking about the Broncos going to the Super Bowl. That's fucking, I know that's a very far stretch and far reach, but I will say our defense is very good. We're keeping a lot of those pieces. Um, if Tim Patrick can come back healthy, uh, Javante Williams. Um, I mean, there's a lot of pieces that have to fall in the correct spot, but from a talent standpoint, we have the ability. I, it, our, our roster is a possible Super Bowl roster other than like our offensive line, in my opinion. Um, but I, I really think, like you said, I think we'll be competitive. And I think that's the the most fun part. Like I'm so fucking done losing to the chiefs. I cannot stand watching the fucking chiefs play. Like it just disgusts me. It, the, them still being on TV just makes me fucking sick. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. All right. So this is a golf podcast. Um, Wait, can I do my Patrick uh, impression? Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I hurt my ankle. Uh, is Travis Kelsey out there somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was amazing. That's my kind of my Kermit the Frog. Um, Tell my brother to stop making those TikToks. <laughs> I, I fucking I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just I just get fucking, that out. I can't stand that guy's voice. Just listening to him talk just fucking make drives me up a wall. <laughs> oh fuck! People probably say that about us, but. The ones that are still here, we appreciate you. Actually, uh, Mr. Mares, Adam Mares, head of content here at DNVR and DNVR Nuggets guy, just came in and said, uh, "Big Drive Energy just had their second best month of downloads in history. So over a little over two and a half years now, we've been going, and yep. January was our second best month of downloads ever. So we appreciate you guys uh, all out there tuning in. Tell a friend or seven, uh, have them follow us and." And have them listen to our pod. Just give it a shot. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, it's a no podcast. Yeah, take a no thank you bite and see if you like it. All right. So you weren't on the podcast Friday. Uh, we were at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Me and RK. RK filled in uh, very nicely for you. But 
this is something we talked about and was basically the kind of the main topic of the show other than Breck beers as professional golfers, which was a great segment, but the Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy tea gate, just give me a, you know, we got the synopsis of it, so we don't have to describe it, but, and everybody kind of knows what's going on now, but give me your, your initial thought to what, what this all looked like. And now you get some retrospect because the tournament ended up like, how does Rory keep doing that? just like wins yeah. right after this shit happens and he goes on the podium and like, basically like he is the, without actually doing it, he's the biggest, like the most dominant big dick contest winner in maybe oh. professional sports. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the fact that he can back up, like what he says is just the coolest thing ever. Like, can you imagine being that guy? It's, it's like, uh, you know, any other superstar in a sport, but when you put comments out like that and uh you're not afraid to like stick your neck out and and talk shit like i thought the funniest part of the entire situation was patrick reed saying that rory was being immature and uh i just think that like how tone deaf do you have to be as if you're reed to want to like say that you you can move past it and like you know try to to make amends and shit it's like Dude, if Rory's literally at home on Christmas and you you have lawyers show up at his front door, um, even if you're not suing him, like, fuck that, you know, and it, it's not it's I don't even know if Reed like who who does that. And I guess it's just like a lack of communication if if Reed actually wanted that done or whatever. But I, I think Rory's 100 percent not in the right, but he has the right to, to feel that way about Patrick Reed. And just the fact that, that Reed decided to call him immature is absolutely hilarious. And, uh, it just, it's great for golf. Like this drama is fucking awesome for golf. And, and Reed played his ass off this weekend. He has an amazing short game, but Rory still finds a way to come out victorious and, uh, talk about putting your money where your mouth is that dude like why doesn't why doesn't somebody start shit with Rory before the masters like you know he needs to be like MJ where he MJ always like cultivated that um chip on his shoulder you know no matter what because let's be real oh and I hate to go back to football but like I could not fucking stand when who who was it after the game that came over after the AFC championship when they were interviewing Mahomes, he goes, show this man some respect. It's like everybody knobs this guy off the entire Chris Jones, I think, or is Travis Kelsey. No, it wasn't either of them. It was some rando. Um, But who the fuck doesn't respect Patrick Mahomes? Like all the national media does is all all, all the him off the entire fucking season. So I hate that. Like, of course, everybody respects Mahomes, everybody respects Rory. And so now it's, it's more of a personal, like dig deep within yourself type of thing for Rory to go out and like win the masters. Cause everybody already, he's already a first ballot hall of famer. Well, there's, I don't know if there's a ballot, a voting ballot for the, uh, I don't think there is for the golf hall of fame. I think it just gets decided by a bunch of writers, but um, I think he's got to find that within himself to go out and win the masters. Cause it, it feels like he can win any week he wants to, you know what I mean? And unless Augusta, and I, I, I don't know why I just took the turn to Augusta, but it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense for a guy that can basically go out and win on command, you know, to, to not be able to win a tournament that they play every year at the exact same course. Um, and it, it feels like a mental hurdle for him at this point, but uh, yeah, Rory is just the ultimate, like, I'm going to talk that shit. And I, he, Rory is him. Rory is definitely, uh, Rory Macklehem. I don't know that <laughs> his name doesn't go very well with the, uh, the, what the kids are saying nowadays, but, um, I just think Rory is fucking awesome. And I thought at first when he came out and defended the PGA tour last year against live, I was like, oh, this is corny and blah 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 but he's and i've always been a rory fan but i feel like he's almost won me over more now like putting his money where his mouth is and and coming out and and eventually winning this weekend after everything that went down so and i actually thought it was just hilarious too that like his cat rory's 
co- was it his coach? I don't think it was, it was his caddy or his coach, whoever it was, was standing there and like, um, acknowledged Reed. And then Rory just never quit looking down. Like, I think everybody's kind of been there where they just like, don't want to talk to somebody, um, and just blatantly ignore them. But the, the T, the T toss was really nothing. And, uh, I think it was what the live like aces. I don't, this whole fucking team golf concept is, and we'll get into that later with Bubba too. Did you read that? That yeah, tweet? what a tweet! Just the Yankees, the Patriots, and the four aces. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's just talk about that real quick while we're on the subject. So, um, Bubba said that he joined Live Golf. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because his son. That's fucked up, dude. That's it's not it's not like like I, I mean it's okay. a fact. Yes, it's a fact, but it's it, it's irrelevant to the story. <laughs> You're just started lay that in there. <laughs> That's so fucked up. The poor uh, kid, dude. Yeah. Well, his dad owns a minor league baseball team in a fucking candy shop. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't think I think there's worse places to get adopted to, except for if I had to like. If I if I was his adopted son, I had to watch that corny shit that he does. And like, oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pluses and minuses, let's put it that way. But anywho, um, didn't he say that he joined Live because his son associates like he knows the Live teams? Like that that is the epitome of those tweets on the internet where like some author will be like, My three-year-old son just turned to me and said, why are you know why is there racism and what you know like some philosophical like it's like they're fucking three years old and that's the same thing like i can name i i could name like I, the aces and that's fucking it you know what i mean i don't think anybody knows what the live teams are i don't think anybody gives a fuck like don't tell me that teams matter it don't in a con like as a general concept it's kind of cool but there's nothing team about it other than just like combining their scores these guys don't give a fuck about each other i mean other than pat perez who's piggybacking on fucking everybody that can make him money these guys are still going out and playing for themselves they're not playing for a team they don't give a shit so it just it's so fucking funny to me what do you think spence it's wild. Yeah. So I'm reading this story here on uh, defector.com. So it doesn't look too legit. Um, but basically, this is this the, the, the title of the article is Bubba Watson insists his small child knows all about live golf, barely, live golf's barely real teams. Um, and I guess kind of reading through this. I guess Bubba said, it makes me laugh because on the PGA Tour, I got paid behind closed doors to show up at tournaments, many tournaments, he told ESPN back last November. Um, so that's kind of a wild thing to know, but according to Watson, what lured, lured him away from the PGA tour was how cool and hip and popular live golf's best teams are with the grade school crowd. I had surgery and my son is sitting with me <laughs> in my bed and how I signed up with live is my 10 year old son was sitting in bed with me and we were watching golf on the TV. He said, and he knew the aces said Watson Evidently, with a perfectly straight face, everybody knows the aces. They keep winning. He knew the aces. He knew the stingers. Oh, my God. It just gets hornier. <laughs> Listen, this is great. This is So this is an article I want to make sure it's quoted by Chris Thompson. Listen, he says, listen. This is all quotes. Everyone extremely does not know the aces. I work at a sports website. I have written and published 10 or so blogs about live golf. I have personally attended a live golf event. Could have not, I could have not told you before this morning the aces even exist. I would have a very hard time believing that even serious golf fans could name all the live golf teams, let alone tell you which ones are any good. Hell, lives golf on website barely contains evidence that the aces and stingers exist. Yeah, no shit. Uh, for the record, we are going to try to go to a live event this year. It's going to be lit. Oh, for sure. And uh, I might try to go to another one out here at Trump Bedminster. And it, it, I also think it's pretty funny how uh, Trump and, and Liv have definitely gotten into bed together. Like, I think they're hosting three or four different events at Trump courses. Um, and also one other thing is I know like kids are into YouTube, but 
is are, has, Liv's gotten to the point where all the players are telling their family members to watch, like to boost the YouTube numbers. <laughs> They're like, fucking Bubba Watson's got 20 different you computers on in the house with live golf streaming on all of them to fucking boost the YouTube numbers. Cause like you're not seeing it on TV. They're not talking about the stingers unless fucking Bubba was just watching the CW and then the fucking uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer just got over and then it, it switched over to some live coverage. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. That hasn't even happened yet, but uh, it, it's just a big fucking joke. Like, and leave it to Bubba Watson to not just be like, oh, well, I did it for the money. Like, let's be real. Harold Varner did it for the money. He said he did it for the money. There's plenty of dudes, excuse me, that are doing it for the money. It's just guys that are big enough men to admit that is they're doing it for the money. And by the way, for those of you who don't realize that if Liv goes tits up, which it could at some point, you know, it probably will. Um, when they're just they just keep hemorrhaging money and realize that they have spent billions of dollars um, to get less YouTube viewers than a fucking kid that opens toys. Um, they're going to eventually liquidate fucking shut it all down. And these guys are eligible to go back. Not they don't get status back on the PGA tour, unless their world golf ranking gives them that or whatever, but they can go right back to and qualify for the PGA tour two years down the road. So these guys, why would you not take that leap and then make all that money? And if it goes tits up, you're just right back on tour. It's not like they have a lifetime ban on the PGA tour. So it, who knows five years from now, Live golf could be gone. Everybody's back on the tour, but these guys are just 40, 50, 60 million dollars richer for it. So um, I can't say I blame them for doing it. Also, one other thing, Phil Mickelson said he's back at his high school weight. And and like I, I'm not making excuses for being thick because I'm obviously thick, um, but he doesn't look healthy. Like some dudes are not meant to be back at their high school weight. Like, come on, Phil, you're fucking you look like you're a sack of hammers walking around. His face is all like pulled back and shit. He just, he does, he does a lot of wrinkles. It's just not for me. Like I, I think he could, he could, he could, he'd be fine adding another 10, 15 to where he's at right now. Just like it, it, it's not comfortable for me. Have you seen that picture of Phil? I actually have not seen the picture. No. Oh God. See if you can Google it. It's, it's frightening. We are doing a podcast, so I'll, I, I usually don't have a problem filling the airways with fucking my words, but um, I'm trying to look up this Phil. Where's this Phil photo? Oh, here it is, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, he kind of looks. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I, it looks like he got a tapeworm or something. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look health. Like it doesn't look like he healthily lost weight. It looks like he drank straight fucking. Have you ever heard about his coffee diet? Or, yeah, his, spe- his quote unquote special coffee. Yeah, whatever, whatever that is. It's probably like stem cells, but uh, he, he Co- go cocaine, cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, but I think he goes like six days at a time without eating when he's doing that, like coffee fast. Could you imagine going six no. days without eating? Like no. I couldn't even look at food. I, I, I don't even know how you go about that. I'd have to be locked in a room, um, in order not, I can hardly go six hours. Like sleeping is usually the longest I take off without eating. And then I wake up and I want to eat. So, um, can't really relate to Phil, but Anywho, I think is that enough live talk for for the day? Yeah, we'll 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 uh we'll curb the live live enthusiasm for now. Well, also uh, real quick, we we talked about possibly going to a live event. The one we would go to is in Oklahoma. I'm like, who the fuck wants to go to Oklahoma? Like, I think it'd be fun, dude. It'd be like, no, chill. it will be fun. It will be. It would be a good time. But I'm just not that like. Oh yeah, let's travel to Oklahoma. Like. 
who the fuck want, who, 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 the, who lives in Oklahoma is going to come watch the live tour. Like, I, I don't know if it's huge. Huge. Um, huge. It's, it's huge at the Trump courses. That's for damn sure. What's that's also what huge is the payouts you can get with DraftKings Sportsbook and their NBA same game parlays. No sweat. So NBA fans, you can bring hoops action to the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, all new customers can bet $5 to win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers, which would be us, can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Make sure you opt in. If you place the same-game parlay on any NBA game and it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So I will be doing that uh, right when we get off the show before the Nuggets Pelicans this evening down at Ball Arena. And... Hopefully I'm not getting my free bet back because I'm winning my same game parlay, but they are a blast to do. And you can also get them boosted and at no sweat. So you can log in there, place a bet. You get your money back if you don't hit it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with the promo code DNVR. New customers bet $5 on the NBA and you get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply and see show notes for details. Speaking of NBA games, if you want to go to the NBA game and say what's up to me tonight, if you're in the Denver area, Nuggets, first seed in the West, they're playing the Pelicans. You can get in the door for $9 right now, $9 to get in and see the best team in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. If I slide to unlock this flash deal, I can sit in my basic seats, uh, Section 120, row 17. So corner of the court, row 17 for two seats together. Total price, $108 on the flash deal. 54 bucks a seat. So you can check out Game Time. They have the best deals and you can wait till you're in line at Ball Arena or whatever arena you are going to a show or a game at and get your tickets right there. The, the longer you wait, the better the prices are for you and you can get some crazy deals. People can't make it last minute and decide to sell their tickets. Game time is by far the best place to find those. So make sure you check out game time. Also, as we told you earlier, but our presenting sponsor of Big Drive Energy is our friends over at Pins and Aces. I'm going up to the warehouse this week, going to get some new stuff to rock. Uh, It's been so damn cold here in Colorado that I'm going to get myself one of their new hats with the ear patches on it. Uh, I've never had one of those, so I'm getting really stoked for it. Uh, Rocking their ear flaps. Did I say, what did I say? You said ear patches. Oh, well, patches, patches the dog has the ear flaps we're picking up what you're putting up i'm gonna wear the ear flaps um hopefully not in arizona i won't need those there but they've got a whole new lift them up as we drive from colorado to arizona exactly we can go half we can go flaps out on the road and then flaps up once we get there but that's the cool part about that hat is you can wear it as a regular hat as well so the ear the flaps flip up and then you can just rock a regular pins and aces hat which they have the coolest hats uh, the coolest head covers. They just debuted a lot of them down at the PGA show. Incredible stuff. And you can get all of that at 15% off if you use code BDE. So go to the promo code, check out BDE, 15% off plus free shipping on, on your entire order. Uh, make sure to check out pinsandaces.com. All right, dude. Max Homa. What a win. That guy has won more PGA Tour events over the last 25 months than any single professional golfer thoughts yeah it's it's fucking crazy like i almost feel like what when is this gonna stop being a joke with him now you know what i mean where everybody's like oh he's just a funny guy on you know social media and he's a pretty good golfer it's like no he's a top 10 player in the world which is awesome like i i looked at his stats and Overall, he drives it pretty well. Nothing crazy. Um, a little bit above average. I think he averages like 303 or 304 off the tee, um, which is around the 40th range, I want to say. Um, so his, his total driving is not like anything stellar, but where he really is above the field and where he totally dominated the field this week was in uh, strokes gained approach. 
So his iron game is dialed in, his wedges are dialed in, um, and he's putting it well enough to win, obviously. So uh, his his irons are just above and beyond where a lot of players on tour are, and that's kind of what's setting him apart. And um, I don't know how much you've actually watched his golf swing. And he, I, I wouldn't say he's got a fairly, fairly stereotypical move. Like it's not anything unique by any means, but one thing he does better than like 90% of golfers, even on the PJ tour is his rhythm and his tempo is so consistent all the time. Like every single time he swings an iron or even an, any club, he he's got that same rhythmic backswing balance follow through. He never gets off balance. He never swings like outside of himself. So uh, I, I just am very impressed with his game. And I think we got to start talking about him for the majors now. Like I don't, with, with the way he played this last week, like Tory Pines was playing, it was, wasn't quite as hard as a major, but that rough was super thick, super penal. And he went out and got it done on a tough Sunday. Um, it was windy. So I, I think he's he's got the game to win a major, um, major or, or majors going forward. Yeah, and one of the things they talked about right off the jump after he won was the U.S. Open this year is at Los Angeles Country Club. Nothing, you know, nothing plays like Torrey Pines, but it's it's pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he's a California kid. He loves L.A. I could definitely see that happening, and um, California or L.A. Country Club just looks super sick. Like everybody, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me shit talk California because I'm just generally not a huge fan of the state, but LA country club looks absolutely insane. And I'm stoked to see them uh, host a us open. And I, I he'll definitely be like, I would say in the top five um, of favorites to win that event. So the secrets kind of out on him. I did have him as a top 10 uh, top tenner, and then he goes out and wins the event. So I wish I would have picked him to win. But uh, overall, just an unreal week for him um, to to win another one in his home state and uh, really gain some respect. Like, at what point is everybody in the golf world just going to be like, yeah, he's really fucking good, you know? Right. Well, just watching that he had kind of the perfect setup. And I'm not saying a golf tournament's easy by any means, but he had the perfect setup where he was a couple shots back. I mean, dude was I I already forgot his name Sam Ryder was absolutely dominating this event. He was like had five, six shot leads. You thought John Rahm, who had a horrible Sunday, who only sat two shots back going into that day and playing with Sam Ryder was like, oh, you're like, oh God, I felt so bad for him. Like a guy that's won basically every event he started the last two months. And uh, then the whether or not the official world golf rankings say so probably the best player in the world right now is John Rahm. And he's sitting there two shots back of him and John had a horrible Sunday and Sam was keeping it together. But the, the fact that uh, Homa could just like be chill and just play his game and not worry about like leading the event until Ryder fucked up on 15 and then Homa at 16, that par three hits an absolutely perfect butter cut, uh, five iron, I believe, or four iron to like 10 feet. And nobody was attacking that pin all day. Makes birdie kind of runs away with it from there. But did you catch him on the mic'd up? Did you catch that? Now, uh, two or players to go on mic'd up or one for uh, 100% win percentage in golf tournaments. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I did catch him mic'd up. Um, talking about it was on the par five, correct? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah. Um, he's talking about fading it. And then, I mean, your average golfer can learn a lot just from listening to that. And we've talked about it, but you know, a PJ tour winner and, and us are two completely different things. So um, working backwards and obviously not everyone's as dialed in with their misses and what they can control. But if Homa in the video said, if he didn't get it to a certain number where he felt like he could get there, you know, carry all those bunkers with all the, the layered bunkers short of the green, then it was going to be a layup. And like, everybody's always like, Oh, fucking send it, you know? And, but if you really do want to lower your scores and 
everybody in a vacuum always says, oh, the closer you are to the hole, the, you know, the higher percentage you have of getting in the hole, you know, and, and less shots. But in some cases, that's just not the, not the truth. And uh, I think a lot of people can learn from that. Like if, if you're not super confident in a number that you have, especially on, on a par five and two, because uh, you're, you're still going to be able to give yourself a look at birdie. And especially as a tour player, you're definitely gonna be able to give yourself a, a look at birdie. If you've got, if you can leave yourself a hundred yards in the middle of the fairway, you know, that's a, or get dialed in pretty close to a number that you really like versus hitting a 50 yard bunker shot. Like those, those shots are so much harder and really playing the whole backwards, like he said, and, and leaving himself in a position to, to make at most a par, but either possibly a birdie, like, and, and a lot of those guys too, it's such a mindset and like control thing um, that a lot of your amateur players don't possess, but uh, not just looking at a par five and seeing that it's like reachable and being like, Oh, I want to make Eagle. You know what I mean? That even though it's a reachable five, that doesn't mean it's Eagleable and, and with the pin location where it's at and taking everything into account, there can be a good score on a, a, a single hole, you know, four different, four different good scores on a single hole throughout a, a week. So um, just some really good insight. And like the fact that he was just so calm and cool and did not get distracted really by being mic'd up like that is pretty impressive. Cause I, I guarantee you there's a lot of PGA tour players that would not be able to do that. Um or they, they just wouldn't do it because they, they would be afraid to, it would throw them off. And so that just makes him that much cooler that he was able to do it and, and still go on to win the event. And like you said, I think it, it played a lot too. not saying that Max isn't capable of um, like having a lead going into Sunday and keeping it. But like you said, Sam Ryder's got the lead. And then I think it, it meant some too, that, like you said, it was John Rom that was tight on his, his, rear end to uh wow who, who am i turning into here um tight on his ass to go into sunday to try to win that event but that kind of took the pressure off max like if max was one shot back everybody would be like well if max doesn't come back and you know that it was the least amount of pressure possible for him because i feel like there was some pressure on rom to come back and win that event because sam riders never won and you know, with Rom being on the run he's on, everyone's like, oh, Rom's going to win this. So the fact that Rom came out and laid an egg Sunday was uh, not really talked about, but I feel like kind of a big deal um, for, and th that just goes to show you, like, just when we think somebody's Tiger, they go and do that. You know, like that is something Tiger would have never done in a million years, go out on a Sunday and shoot 77, 78 and completely blow themselves out of the event. So, uh, it just everybody's built a little different, but nobody's built like Tiger. So I just thought that was pretty interesting too. But overall, very good tournament. Torrey Pines is always a great venue. Um, I would hit driver like 240 out there. It's fucking disgusting. Like some of those par fours, I would probably have three wood in. And that just kind of sets me apart from being here and being out on tour. <laughs> so um yeah, the ball goes absolutely fucking nowhere out there. And the fact that these guys hit it over 300 yards uh, at that at sea level with like a marine layer, they're probably hitting it like 280, 290, but it's just bananas to me. Like even you were hitting a 270, 280. We played in San Francisco and it was like 45 degrees. So it hits a little different when it's that cold. It goes even shorter. And when the course is wet, you know, there's a lot of outside conditions um, that can determine how far the ball goes but it just blows my mind how far these guys still hit it uh even in even at sea level like they do so uh i feel like i've fucking rambled on enough here but yeah overall great win for max no yeah he i think the part about him doing he's just such a he's like the rory kind where everybody loves him and then he goes on does the mic'd up which he does anything and everything he can to uh win the pip which he'll never do uh just because of the way it's set up but like he actively tries to be on twitter and it's funny did you see the comment about uh somebody tweeted him and said 
Why does Max Homa look like he always lost or forgot where his keys were? And then he responded and said, that's, and then I, every time I realize that they're at your mom's house, <laughs> like oh he's God. just, that's awesome. Yeah. He's just that guy. And then he, the, the mic'd up was incredible. Uh, PGA tour should do that every week. Now, will they be as lucky to get somebody like a Max Homa every week? that is just super chill about it. Nice and calm and just a, a likable guy. Not, not particularly, but I think a lot of the guys can see that as an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to grow their game. The more people that watch golf, the more people that put money into going to golf tournaments, the more their payouts get bigger. So it's kind of a big picture thing for them to do. And it's, you know, one of 72 holes that they're going to play that week. I don't see why it's hard to talk to somebody else and kind of tell them what you're talking about. Just basically, I love when they also get the hot mics with the caddies. Sometimes some of that stuff can be pretty, pretty quality content. And, and then the comment commenters response to those are also hilarious too. But before we get out of here, we want to tell you guys about the big bet energy picks for this week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which is the last golf tournament before the waste management. Uh, make sure you guys are following us along at, on Twitter uh, Instagram, TikTok. We are going to have a ton of content coming out next week from Arizona. We'll be at the Pro-Am Wednesday. We'll be playing golf Thursday as well as at the tournament Thursday late. We'll be at the tournament Friday and on the weekend. So uh, make sure you guys are following along as we give live updates from the course. We're going to do, uh, we've got some ideas in the chamber. So make sure you're you're following along on all the socials and and uh, like, comment, you know, subscribe, all that lame stuff that we always have to say. But make sure you're doing that. And uh, so we can continue to grow and continue to become on the map, if you will. We're, we're, we're slightly getting there, especially we, with the TikTok. We, we have not arrived quite yet, but we're working in the right direction. So I we're, do. we're driving that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, real quick, we didn't talk about Homa playing the Monday skins game at Papago. Oh yeah. What just to let the people know, like kind of what, cause you've played in those exact same skins games. So yeah, what does that I, I look never like? played at Papago, but it's just basically a, a Monday game where everybody goes out, throws 40, 50 bucks in a skins pot. Well, and it looked like I, it didn't so, say if he won skins or not, but he, he won overall score, which you'd like to think he, he would, but talk about just like love and ball. Like you, he just won $1.6 million at the at Tory Pines this weekend and then he turns around the next day and goes and plays in a Monday skins game at Papago like down in in Tempe Arizona it just I saw one of my probably my favorite reply tweet was like bro how does your wife let you play this much golf like (laughs) on one of his fucking days off he goes and makes four hundred dollars and then another one of the great comments was like I think he he won like 1.66 million um at the is it not the wells fargo the fucking farmers yeah uh, 1. 1. 1.566 was the 1.566 and somebody goes do you know what's better than 1.566 million 1.57 million or so, like basically just adding the 400 dollars to the what he already made um over the weekend so oh, excuse me <clears throat> um probably talking too much but just his passion for golf and what he shows, like if he's doing it for 400 bucks or a million bucks, he's still going to go out. I think, did he shoot 66 or 67? 67. Okay. So yeah, he shot 67, one by a shot. Um, Just really fucking cool. And imagine teeing it up. Like you just get randomly paired with home at a Monday skins game and be like, bro, aren't you just fuck? Didn't you just win a PJ tour event yesterday? Yeah, there was people that were salty that he was even there. And I'm like, dude, be better then. If you don't want your Monday skins cash taken, be better. He shot 67. I'm not, I've never played Pop Go. I'm not saying 67 is easily attainable, but it's not like he shot 59. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, that is truly golf is the only sport in the world where you would see a guy that just won the, not the peak. I mean, he didn't win the Masters, but won an event. And then the next, the day after, because that ended on Saturday. So Monday, he shows up to your local course 
and plays in a skins game. That's the only sport in the world that that's even remotely possible. And it's awesome. Yeah. That's like LeBron winning the NBA championship and the next morning showing up at Rucker park to play a pickup game. Like that shit just does not happen. So I exactly it's, that's where it's cool. Like, no, you'll never get that anywhere else other than golf. Oh, for sure. And I, I definitely like could see people having a big dump in their pants over it just because, you know, if if you're fight and I was just going to talk shit and say, if, if $400 means that much to you, you should probably get out of pro golf, but you never really know where those guys are going to get their breaks from. So uh, I can't really say that because that's kind of fucked up, but overall it's, you know, the difference between three and $400 at a skins game. Um, but to, get the opportunity if it's just I didn't recognize any of the other names that this uh Papago skins game leaderboard, but it's got to be a great opportunity for any of these guys to be able to play around with him and see his game. You know, I think that's worth way more for these uh kids, you know, playing in these skins games to, to see what the guys on tour look like and what their games look like and something to model themselves after. So I think everybody should have just, I would have been like, I'll pay the starter my entire entry fee twice over just to play with Homa, you know, just to see his game and see what he does well and pick his brain. Um, iron sharpens iron, you know? So if you, if you want to get butthurt about that, like Spencer said, just get better and then you don't have to worry about it. Go beat yeah. Homa. Make more I, birdies, bitch. I actually have a quick story. I, yeah, exactly. Um, I played in the Southern Utah open for a few years. And so the dude, do you remember the name Zach Blair Spencer? Mm-hmm. The, Z-A-C, right? Z-A-C, yeah. Zach Blair, um, he's a PGA Tour. I don't, I think he's still on the PGA Tour. Um, this dude's legit like five feet tall. He's tiny and he just puts it really well, hits it dead straight. And so one year I was playing in the Southern Utah Open and it's kind of falls in April, like same week as the Masters-ish. And so Zach didn't get an invite to the masters and his dad like owns the course that they, they play it on. It's called sun river down in St. George, Utah. Um, And so Zach comes home and plays in the Southern Utah open. And honestly, at the time, like I was playing in it and I didn't make any money. I didn't play well. Um, But I was like, this is kind of fucking cheap that he, you know, he misses the masters by a couple spots and then he comes out and like, he's going to boat race everybody here and fucking collect the 10 grand, 12 grand, whatever. Turns out he actually won the professional division, but a high schooler beat him. It was a two day event. A high schooler shot like 63 the last day and went on to actually win the tournament. He couldn't accept the money. So Zach still won the, the first place purse, but this high schooler and him went toe to toe and he got beat by a high schooler. And I mean, this kid's, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but very good golfer, obviously. I think he shot 13 or 14 under for two days. So really could fucking golf his ball. But I just thought that was awesome. Like Zach probably came home thinking he was just going to get the easy dub and and this fucking 18-year-old kid comes out and beats him. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. Just like humbling a little bit. Your dad owns the court, Papa owns the course, and then you just get trucked yeah. by some kid with Talk no about hair on his balls like, my dad owns this place you can't beat me yeah <laughs> I, I don't gets, think zach i don't think zach's like that at all but uh turns I, around and gets spanked i just like the stories of when these guys like it, i think the situation's just a damned if you do damned if you don't like if homo wouldn't have won yesterday at papago they're like you beat the whole pj tour field you can't win a fucking monday skins game but then he wins and everybody's all upset because he took the money for you know he, it, it's a minefield fucking social media is a minefield oh 100 all right so let's get into our picks for the at&t pebble beach pro-am funny a uh, little note about this josh allen was going to be at the pro bowl uh, and probably win the long drive competition, but he has now bailed because he wants to play in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So the three AFC quarterbacks are Tyler Huntley, Derek Carr, and uh, Tra- Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So funny. So what fucking disrespectful. Tyler Huntley is not... E- How many pass attempts did he have the whole season? Like I think he threw, he threw two touchdown passes, and he's a pro bowler. Yeah, he has two touchdowns and three picks, and I, he's a pro bowler. Like, what the fuck? 
I that, I don't even want to get. Into I know that. they're trying to like make the Pro Bowl different and make it fun, but that just just completely discredits you. Like how how far down the line did they have to go to get Tyler Huntley? Like I think Russell Wilson would have fucking gone to the Pro Bowl, and he probably didn't even want to go. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't necessarily need that extra week in Vegas or wherever it is. All right, picks for the. AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I'll go with mine first. If you guys ever miss these on the pod or want to see the picks and where we're standing for the year, uh, we did hit two top tens last week. Taylor Montgomery, fuck me. He shot like 77 the last day to get out. He was firmly in the top 20 as my my top 20 pick. And and then fucking absolutely he John rommed it on Sunday. But so we both hit our top 10 picks and Mitch's top 10 pick hit. So we had a pretty good week. Now we're going to roll that into this week and then go absolutely haywire next week. But my picks for this week are my winner is going to be Jordan Spieth. Uh, it's kind of the safe pick. I'm, I know it's, he's a favorite. He's one of the top three favorites sitting at 1200 plus 1200, but the, DraftKings Sportsbook is adding plus 300 onto any golfer uh, that if you pick him to win the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am. So we're getting Jordan Spieth at plus 1500, which I like that. He's always played well at Pebble. Uh, came down to the last day last year against Tom Hoagie, who ended up winning. But Jordan Spieth is going to be my winner at plus 1500. So it says 12 on DraftKings. You get that 300 boost, uh, 1500. My top 10 pick is going to be a guy by the name of Andrew Putnam. He is plus 260 to top 10. He's killed it here. He is third on tour right now in consecutive cuts made 14 for 14 in his last 14. Uh, It's a little repetitive, but yes, he is going to be, uh, he's played really well at the uh, Pebble Beach and, and mixture of him playing well in general and a horse for a course there at Pebble beach. So he is plus two sixty to top 10. And then my top 20, good old Justin Rose. Uh, I'm hoping he just like screams out to a sick lead at the beginning and then holds on, but he is actually t- plus plus one seventy five to top 20. So we got plus one seventy five Justin Rose, top 10. We got Andrew Putnam, excuse me, top 20, Justin Rose. We've got Andrew Putnam, plus 260 to top 10 and Jordan Spieth plus 1200 boosted plus 300. Thanks to the DraftKings Sportsbook to plus 1500 to win the tournament. I like that. Very nice. Um, All right. So for my winner this week, I am going to roll. I, I don't love the entire leaderboard to be on the entire selection. Like it's not a very strong field by any means. Um, I'm going to go with Maverick McNeely to win uh, plus 1800 fun fact. His dad owns his dad's like a fucking billionaire. Um, but I think they have a court. They, they own a home on Pebble beach and it's like a $60 million house. So, uh, I, let's just say he's he's probably fucking hopped the fence a few times, gone out and played that played a few holes out there pro bono for Frizzle um, out at Pebble Beach. So I could see him going out and winning it. He's a Stanford, California kid, uh, plus eighteen hundred Maverick McNeely to win it. Um, and then I was scrolling down the odds and I saw a pretty big fucking name um, a ways down there. Uh, to <laughs> this is crazy. Um, Kevin Kisner, I'm gonna go. I kind of want to go with him as my long shot and my top ten because he only has two starts this year. So I mean, he's still top forty in the world. Um, but Kisner's plus nine thousand to win the event this week, and and plus fucking seven fifty to top ten. Yeah. Plus 750 to top 10, a guy like Kiz um, is insane. So actually, okay, so I'll go Kiz top 10 um, plus 750. And then my long shot, another big name down the leaderboard, uh, Webb Simpson plus 10,000 to win the event on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I know he's been uh, a little inconsistent, but still a name like that. Like he's, he's a guy that can go out and win at the drop of a hat. You never really know what week it's going to be, but uh, he, he can definitely do it. So 
Webb Simpson plus 10,000, uh, Kisner plus 750 to top 10, and then Maverick McNeely to win at plus 1800. So, uh, I feel, I feel pretty good about this week. We're coming off a, a few dubs, you know, it's, we're, uh, we're getting the ball rolling a little bit. We're getting on track. So let's, let's fucking keep it rolling. Let's get some winners. Hell yeah. One, one guy to look out for. I'm not going to, we can't add him to the official card because we keep our cards three and three. Um, Bo Hostler's plus 6,000 to win it, but also plus 500 to top 10. He's played really well at Pebble beach in, in his past. So take a look at Bo Hostler. If you got some extra shillings to toss out there, yes, um, Enjoy the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I would say enjoy the Pro Bowl, but nobody's going to watch it. We will be watching the long drive competition and giving you guys our thoughts on that. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at Big Drive Energy on Twitter, at Big Drive Energy Pod on the Insta, and at Big Drive Energy on the TikTok. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Next week, we've got a ton of content coming for you. Waste management, we're going to be down there starting Tuesday night all through the weekend. Make sure you're following along, tuning in, tell a friend or 20, and we'll talk to you then. Peace. Peace.